Welcome to the Icelandic Roots podcast, where we celebrate the heritage, culture, and history of Iceland through stories, music, and interviews with interesting people. Hi, Will. Hey, Natalie. I'm so excited for today's episode because I had a chance to sit down, well, not sit down and talk over Zoom with Jody Dunlop from the band Mise on Scene. Mise on Scene. And for our less cultured viewers out there, maybe we should explain what that reference means. And, and I include myself in that category. It's French, right? It's mise-en-scene. It's French, French phrase. Yes, it has to do with the theater. Mise-en-scene is the arrangement of scenery and stage properties in a play. It literally means setting the stage. With a name like that, the two singer, musician, songwriters, are Western Icelanders. It's Jody and Stephanie Blundell Johnson, and they're both originally from Gimli, but they currently are based in Winnipeg. I think they met in Gimli. Jody tells the story of how they met each other and started with collaborations with art and painting and then quickly moved to music. Cool. So, yeah, you know, uh, me as the North Dakotan, like mountain North Dakota descended Western Icelander, I, I can often forget that like half, half of our community is in Canada. And Gimli in particular is one of those hotspots of Icelanders. So yes. I, I would be curious, very curious to hear your interview with them and see what, what their perspective is like on all this Iceland, Western Iceland stuff. Yes. You just reminded me that I wanted to make not an amendment, but I wanted to add to something I say in our conversation. And that is for myself, I grew up in British Columbia and I knew we had Icelandic communities in the West, but for some reason for me, Gimli seemed like the center of everything. It was like, that's where the Icelanders are. That's where they all came from. And so for me growing up, Gimli was sort of that like, homing beacon place to go to. And now having volunteered with Icelandic Roots for several years, it's being aware of, no, there's really so many pockets of Western Icelanders across North America. And I I think it's Gimli, I've been there a couple of times and it is wonderful, but I also know that there's so many cool things and historical people and places in other centers too. So I wanted to emphasize that. Nice. Perhaps it's a similar realization that people who first visit Iceland are like, ooh, Reykjavik, you know, this is where it's at. And yeah. you realize like, actually, and the, the golden circle, you know, that like typical tourist mm -hmm. spots that everybody goes to. And you find out like, actually the whole country is pretty amazing. And it's like bigger than you think. And there's a lot more going on than yeah. just, just Reykjavik. Yeah. So just to give a little um, hype for the band mise-en-scene, doing a bit of research between the interview, which was done before Christmas, and now I just wanted to highlight some of their like, achievements. Yeah. In 2021, they won the Rock Artist of the Year Award at the Western Canadian Music Awards. Wow. They've previously played at South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas, and they cool. are going back again this year. Nice. Yeah. And they just recently announced that they are 
one of the Canadian participants in this movement called Key Change EU. So it's this European started global network movement that is aiming to promote and create gender equality in the music industry. Oh. So they're going places and they're representing some really cool things. Nice. I, I've never been to Gimli, so I don't want to like talk, talk about talk bad on Gimli, but like that seems pretty good for some Gimli kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> really good. Well, the one thing I've, I've heard this from several people, not all of them that I know personally, just artists, that Winnipeg has a really cool art scene. And Jody talks about that in the interview. So okay. whether it's music or film or theater, I mean, there's a Royal Winnipeg Ballet Company. I remember seeing the Nutcracker as a kid. Nice. That is the music stuff. We also talk about Jody's involvement with different Icelandic organizations. You know, she used to work for the New Iceland Heritage Museum, which is located in Gimli and has beautiful exhibits about the emigration from Iceland to Manitoba and then the communities that formed there. She's also worked for the Logberg Heimspringla, the longest, longest running, I think they say it's the longest running like ethnic newspaper in Canada because okay. it started so long ago and merged two papers and is still going. So it's right. And anything that we discussed in the interview or have mentioned in the introduction, I will be putting links to those websites in our show notes. So if anyone's listening and is wondering, missed what it was called or doesn't know how to spell it, it'll be down in whatever, whatever you're listening to, you will see a link below. Perfect. I know you're talking right to me because there's no way I can spell Nissan scene without uh, <laughs> practicing a couple times. <laughs> and if our viewers are lucky, we might even end the episode with a mise-en-scene song. Yes, I want to. I want to play Dollar Dreams because it, it, if you can look at YouTube and watch the music video, it's a great music video. All right, I'll make sure that gets in the final edit. Looking yeah. forward to it. The latest album from mise-en-scene came out in October of 2021, and it's called Winnipeg, California. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay, great. It's it's a great album. I listened to it on repeat. I forgot that it came out so recently. I, it feels like I've been listening to it for years. It's so good. You're an old fan already. That's great. I'm, I'm a huge fan, yes. All right. Well, I'm excited for you guys to hear Jody Dunlop and enjoy the interview. Okay, so my name is Jody Dunlop. Um, a lot of the listeners of this podcast might know me as the advertising representative of Lugberg Hamstringla, the Icelandic community newspaper. I also am a production assistant and do some social media and website stuff there. Um, I am also in a band. We do a lot of touring and traveling, recording. It's called Mise en Scene. And then I, yeah, I also make art and I'm a painter and I'm from Gimli. So that's kind of that's all of it, I think. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about what it was like growing up in Gimli? Because myself included, some of us Western Icelanders who grew up outside of Manitoba either don't know as much as we should about the Gimli area or 
we kind of romanticize it and think, oh, it's like the center of Icelandicness. Well, it's so funny to hear that because like obviously being born in Gimli and growing up in Gimli, I had no other context. So I didn't realize that it was like special or unique, that it was such an Icelandic community, totally separate from Iceland. And especially kind of just in school where all of your friends are of Icelandic descent, it really didn't seem unusual. It was kind of the norm. So I didn't start realizing that it was kind of a special thing until I left and started traveling and getting in conversations with people about their heritage. And they would always go, oh, whoa, Iceland. And I'm kind of like, yeah, because it was just, yeah, it was just totally normal. Like we had the Icelandic festival. I worked at the New Iceland Heritage Museum. All of my, like I was in a band, they were all Icelandic. Um, my friend's dad came from Iceland and she spoke Icelandic at home. So it was just, it was just the norm. It wasn't anything unusual but it is funny because my friend who spoke Icelandic at home uh she would call her dad Pabe like Icelandic for dad and all of her friends also called him Pabe because <laughs> we didn't know like we just thought it was his name <laughs> so then I think it was either the Snorri kids or uh her other relatives from Iceland that were like why does everyone call your dad dad so funny things like that kind of happened but yeah it was just totally normal so it didn't, I didn't romanticize it. I actually wanted to leave. I couldn't get out quick enough to come to the city and like start doing that stuff. But yeah, now I realize how special of a place it is and how tight knit the community is because of that connection that brings everyone together. So it is, yeah, it is an, it is a beautiful place. It is a special place. That is such a universal small town feeling. I think that when you are there, all you want to do is get out. That was the theme that we um, encountered, we did an episode about Bill Holm from North Dakota, and in his writings, he's talking about how all he wanted to do was leave and explore the world, and then later he's like, oh wait, where I come from is really great. Exactly, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if you've ever encountered this in your travels, but often when people, especially, I still have a, like an Icelandic last name, and people hear it and they go, they want to know, like, what does it mean? How do you say it? And then I tell them it's Icelandic and they automatically assume I must be from Iceland. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm Icelandic, just like you might be German or British. Does that ever happen to you if you tell someone your heritage is Icelandic? Do they ever think, oh, what's it like there? Um, well, one thing that I do find kind of funny is when I went to spend some time in, like, Austin, Texas, we go to a festival called South by Southwest. And... They just think that like if you're from, or at least my friends there, they're like, it's weird. You're from Canada. Why don't you just say that you're Canadian? I feel like Canadians often will, uh, like they like finding connections with their ancestors. And so I think for us, sometimes when you say, oh, I'm Icelandic, certain people think you're from Iceland because you don't say I'm Canadian with an Icelandic, like Icelandic background. So I think maybe that might be a bit confusing for, for people, but um, yeah. So I think that's kind of maybe what's happening there. <laughs> that's a good point. I just very recently decided I'm going to describe myself as a Canadian blend because I love coffee. And yes. I'm Icelandic, I'm Scottish, I'm English, I'm German. Yeah. And if you want more, you have to go back like yeah. <laughs> no, like seven centuries, but. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And so then building on that, what, how would you describe your connection to your Icelandic heritage since you've always known about it? Um, I have kind of just been 
it's, it's just been totally natural for me. Like, um, yeah, just being in Gimli and having it all around me all the time, celebrating Icelandic festival. And then I went into working at the New Iceland Heritage Museum when I was in high school. And so through that, I met a lot of the Snorri students who were also working there and just, yeah, friends with Icelandic parents, like my Avi, my great Avi, just constantly, it wasn't really me not knowing it and searching for it. It was always just kind of being surrounded by it. And then from working at the New Iceland Heritage Museum, uh, I started working at the newspaper, Lower Camp Screen Law. So it's kind of just, yeah, it, it, it's just something that has been connected to me as much as I've been connected to it, I guess. Do you do some Icelandic traditions in your family? Like, do you make Wiener Terta or a Hanna cooker? Um, <laughs> that's funny that those are the things. Uh, I guess, like, I have never made it. But my aunt, she has, <laughs> she has a Vinatarta shirt that she wears sometimes, and she talks about Vinatarta a lot. Icelandic weekend, she's always wearing it. So uh, I don't know that there's any type of traditions that we do that are specifically Icelandic. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think so. Not that I can, not that I can think of. I, I eat a lot of Vinatarta and a lot of panna cooker, but mm. I don't make it. Maybe one day I'll make it. <laughs> it's so much more fun if you have a group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a, like a lot of cultural foods. Like I can imagine like pierogies or empanadas or, you know, those things that take a lot of work, even though they're not difficult. But if you have a group, it's more fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you just touched on this a little bit, but how did you first get involved with the Lokberg Heimskringla? Yeah, so I worked at um, the New Iceland Heritage Museum and it was in my summers uh, when I wasn't in school. And so I would do lots of promotional material for the museum. Um, I was close friends with the executive director's daughter. That's the one whose dad we called Puppet. <laughs> so I knew her quite well and I helped her out with a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, working, I think it was the Young Canada Works program. I spent a few summers there. And I also met my bandmate there, which I could tell you about later. But then when I moved to Winnipeg, um, the New Iceland Heritage Museum was advertising in LH. And Tammy, who was the director at the time, she knew that they needed help at the paper because Catherine McConnell, who's our layout editor right now, she's incredible. Everything that she does at the paper, I see the quality of her work. And I'm just like, you are... She's so good at what she does, but she was doing two jobs. She was also doing advertising and that's like a lot to handle both is a lot, especially at the paper when it's such a tight deadline for issues. And so uh, Tammy knew that she needed help. And so she brought up my name, said Jody can help you with designing some of the ads. So I started off just going uh, a couple hours in the afternoon when it was at the office downtown and then it just kind of grew and I've been working there for probably almost 11 years now at this point, which is nuts. Cause I'm like, I'm only 31. So I've been there for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is impressive. Yes. I love it there. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, it was neat when I was doing a little bit of volunteer stuff for the Lokberg to oh. get connected to you like oh send this to Jody this to Jody and yeah. there's a few Jodies that I know and so I the first time I saw a picture of you I was like oh <laughs> you have 
person. This is so great. Yeah, not the not that Jody from yeah. I know. I've I've actually probably encountered the other Jodies that you're talking about as well. So I know there's a few of us. Yeah. No, I think that's so great. I I am a big fan of the Logberg and um yeah the ads look really great and the social media stuff looks really great. I've always wondered like who's behind that and then. I didn't know that you have such an artistic ability and background. So do you want to jump into telling me a bit more about that before we switch to the music? Sure. Um, so I actually went to art school and I studied painting and graphic design. So that's kind of part of how I got into my design stuff. Um, but then actually when I first started working at LH, it was just, I think, the LH was collaborating with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra at the time. There were Icelandic composers coming for a new music week. And so I got to jump in at a really exciting time. And I'm, oh yeah, I also come from a very musical background. I did the jazz band and the concert band, like obsessed, band camp, all that. So when I got to go and kind of be a part of that collaboration with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. LH was like gonna have a huge presence there. And at the time, by Bjarnason Hilton, she was the Fjallkona. So just seeing her walk out in front of all the crowd, like it wasn't on the stage, but there is an event with the WSO in her outfit. And she was just so beautiful. And there was Vina Tarta and Panic Hooker there. And I was just like, okay, these people, like the Icelanders, they go all out. So that's kind of what, that's kind of what hooked me into LH, was kind of realizing that it's about so much more than just a newspaper. It's about like building connections through all of these awesome events and just putting ourselves out there into the community and making sure that everyone kind of, yeah, still has that connection through reading and celebrating our community and our culture and stuff. So, yeah. I love that story. Yeah. What did you play when you were in concert band, jazz band? I played percussion and drums. Okay. Um, yeah. I was such a band nerd, like such a band nerd. I would practice I wasn't one of those kids who was born as like a um I can read this and I'm perfect at it I really had to work at at my instrument so I'd spend six hours like playing along to Duke Ellington and headphones and like looking at the music but not really reading it I was more learning by ear so I yeah I started with um percussion playing like the bass drum snare drum triangle sometimes <laughs> and then uh, moved into drums jazz band that's awesome I played clarinet. I, I love clarinet. Band nerd too. I bought a clarinet recently because I wanted to learn it again. And uh, I actually learned the theme song from, uh, what's the Leonardo DiCaprio movie with the pilots? Oh, Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you still have your clarinet? I do, but it desperately needs to be recorked. Okay. Yeah. My, my son was fascinated because it comes in so many pieces and we opened it and he wanted to put it together. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, it's crumbling. And it's so, yeah. But all the buttons seem to work. So maybe one day. Yeah, the buttons are the most important part. You can, you can fix the corks. <laughs> but I might come to you for pointers because I really think my son has a percussion ability. Like the way he can just like drum and make it consistent on anything. Yeah. It's just like, huh. 
I want to get him a drum kit, but I also don't want to get him a drum kit. Yeah, I feel like with drumming, you can always tell. Like, that's the one instrument. I mean, singing sometimes, but if you notice a, a person that's, like, tapping or moving and they can stay in time, I think that that's, yeah. And the one thing I will say about getting him a drum set is um, my parents got me a drum set when I was eight years old. I asked for one for Christmas. And I played with it a little bit, and then I lost interest, but I came back to it, and now it's, like, a huge part of my life. So I think that it's never really a waste to get your kid an instrument. And if they stop, it's not like, oh, it's a waste of money. It's like the, they might revisit it, and that might become something that they love. Because right. like learning, you hit, like, a roadblock, and then you give up for a bit, and then you find that, like, yeah, the interest to go back and to revisit it. Yeah. So then how and when did you get started on your musical like, venture with mise-en-scene? Is it, did, were you in bands before that or how did that come about? Um, I was in a, a band in high school with my sister and my best friend, but um, my music stuff got really serious when I met my bandmate. Uh, her name is Stephanie Johnson. Her grandpa actually was, or Avi, was really well-known doctor in Gimli. So the listening might, well, they'll probably know the Johnsons. Um, we have a school named after him. And so she was working at the Gimli Film Festival uh, in the summers, and I was working at the New Iceland Heritage Museum. So both of those are located in the Waterfront Center in Gimli. And so she was like the other young person. And sometimes we'd have lunch together and I was going into art school and she was very interested in art at the time. She was obviously very interested in film. So we would get together in my parents' basement and we would start making these big paintings on like poster paper and nothing fancy, but we would have so much fun and we just bonded and connected so much over painting. And then I had like my drums in the corner and stuff's like, you know, I'm like, she was very into poetry and I'm, I'm learning guitar and I'm uh, writing songs. And so we said, let's jam. And then we stopped painting and we started playing music. And ever since then, it's been, yeah, it's been great. We've been touring all over the world, except Iceland. We're trying to get there for airwaves. <laughs> Grimer, you're still booking. Um, but yeah, so we've been all over and we're still writing, recording and, and playing. Oh, another interesting thing about Steph um, and the paper I was looking through Timurit, which is like something that you can go to to look through all the issues of LH. And I was just looking to make a social media post. And there was a, it was like our travel issue to Montreal or something. And there was an article about Steph because she went to Montreal to, to do volleyball instead of university. So that's just how, how funny things with LH are is like you can look through any issue and find probably a relative or a friend or something like that. So I sent that to her and yeah, they laugh about it. It's funny. Yeah. That is awesome. I, I've used the volunteers at Icelandic Roots use Timuriat all the time for um, not only for the backlist of the Logberg archives, but also for like, I mean, I think all Icelandic papers and magazines are in there. So if you're looking yeah. for genealogy information, you can go searching. It's, it's kind of like sometimes looking for a needle in a haystack if you're looking for like a young Jonsson and <laughs> yeah yeah but it it is a great resource and I make an effort to like when my son was born we put an announcement in the Logberg so I'm like okay. I know generations from now this will be in there totally. and all those important family things so I think that's so funny that you found those about your bandmate yeah 
And I found one of actually about my Avi's retirement from the town of Gimli, like his retirement notice, which was before I was born. Yeah. And then another interesting thing about Timurit is I recently moved into like an old house from 1912 in the west end of Winnipeg. So I was looking for information, of course, like I wanted to know kind of who's lived here and stuff. So I went to a workshop and the guy started talking about LH and using Timurit to access old newspapers because a lot of Icelanders lived in the West End. So it was kind of neat that he mentioned LH and Timurit to find information like that. Did you find anything interesting about your house? Well, like you said, needle in a haystack. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking and uh, no, I, I wasn't able to, but I have still been continuing my investigation and I've like found a lady who lived here and got a scholarship and now she's like a retired doctor. So that's what I'm trying to piece together, but. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. So I, I am a big fan of your music. Wow. I, I first... I didn't know you were in a band until you posted something on Facebook, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure when you're, um, Winnipeg, California. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. California. Yeah. When that came out and you, I think you must've posted it or shared it. And I saw it on Facebook and I was like, Oh, Jody makes music. So I listened to it and I've been hooked ever since. Thank you. And so I was just wondering how do you describe your music to people who maybe haven't heard it before? Yeah, well, we call it, um, okay, it's always hard to describe music using genres. So we call it like indie garage pop, which is still hard to kind of place it. But basically, Steph comes from like a singer songwriter kind of background. Like she loves Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen. I was really into like punk music. I also really like jazz, but together, she's just like a very rhythmic player and her, uh, her she, she's just, she tells stories. But we also love hooks and catchiness and simplicity. So I would say that we're like, if you heard our music, you could probably describe it as like pop, but we're a guitar band. And so I know that that's painting a weird picture, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, I was just say like garage rock pop. Yeah. How would you I describe mean, it? <laughs> I was trying to think of this this morning, honestly. And like, because we're Canadian and you guys are a female band and you have yeah like it's like rock music but again you have catchy tunes great yeah. lyrics and but it has like a grit to it and of yeah. course like the comparisons in my mind come up as like Alanis Morissette and Melissa Oftermar but yeah. it's softer oh, than yeah. that so I Alanis but yeah the solution is to listen to the end of this podcast episode because we'll play another song and awesome. if people have listened to previous episodes, I will look up which one it is. But we did play one of your songs. So, awesome. Awesome. or is that coming up? Oh, I will figure that out and explain that better in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, yeah. But I, I listen to Winnipeg, California, like on repeat sometimes because just like, every song to the next is just so good. So. I'm so excited to hear more stuff from you guys. And um, do you have a favorite song on this album or a previous album? Or is there something coming up you're really excited about? Um, my favorite song, what I love about our music and playing our music is it's so, from song to song, they're so different. So it depends kind of how I'm feeling on what song I like the most. 
I always enjoy playing um, Dollar Dreams, and I love playing Love and War. But we're working on new music right now in Winnipeg, which is awesome because we've normally traveled to make our records. But um, mm -hmm. COVID especially, and also just timing kind of put us here in our own backyard and, and we've started working with someone in Winnipeg who's incredible. Like it's nuts that we've never worked with him before. So we're working on stuff right now. Hopefully we'll be releasing that um, in the next, well, I'd say early in the new year. Uh, but so yeah, I'm really, I'm always really excited about the new stuff. <laughs> of course. Mm -hmm. And I've, so I've been to Winnipeg a number of times mm -hmm. and I have been to California once. Yeah. And so where does Winnipeg, California, where does that title and concept come from okay. for you guys? Well, it started as a joke. Um, it's good. It's hard to kind of explain, but first of all, it matches the music because as you said, we've got the grittiness of Winnipeg and then we've got kind of the more polished California sound in terms of production and stuff. But it started as a joke because people who live in Winnipeg always think you need to move away to like make it big. Like, Oh, I'm moving to Toronto or I'm moving to LA. And, and we did a photo shoot for our last record. And actually there's some photos of this one too, where we're like standing in front of palm trees and in echo park. And, and we look back and we're like, why, what, what are we trying to present to people? Are we trying to like, this looks like we're from California, but we basically it's about our love for Winnipeg. And we decided that when we do interviews, we're going to joke and say Winnipeg's basically the California of Canada. And it's just, yeah, kind of a love letter to our own city. And so Winnipeg and California, just kind of, yeah, funny, the juxtaposition. And also a comment on how we don't need to leave Winnipeg to do things in music. We love our city. Our city supports us and our province supports the arts. So like, yeah, kind of a joke on people who feel like they have to move to California to like make it big. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's I think it's the video, music video for Dollar Dreams, where you're just running around Winnipeg. Yeah, in garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a hill that's actually made out of garbage because we're so flat here. Uh, mm -hmm. And they put grass on it and made it look nice so you can walk your dogs on it. But some people made like a garbage hill sign in the Hollywood letters. And yeah. so it was temporary. Like it was supposed to just be taken down, but then. Um, yeah, people liked it so much they made it permanent. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that connected with me because I was born and partially grew up in a town called Penticton in BC. Yeah, and we or they now, I guess I haven't been there for so long. But the Penticton sign is on this hill and it's it's not the cardboard letters but it's white stone it's been there forever and it just says penticton and oh yeah oh, that reminds me of home we're yeah. trying to live hollywood too yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, it does seem like a lot of great music and artists and musicians like creativity seems to come out of winnipeg and i i think you can credit some of the icelanders for that but probably not all yeah Oh, totally. Yeah, there's lots of creativity here. I think it's just, I think a lot of it has to do with having a community that supports each other. So I feel like even in other provinces, when you're an artist, it's like, you're out there kind of on your own a little bit. But when you're in Winnipeg, we all go to each other's shows, regardless of what genre it is, we find ways to connect with each other. And like the if you're into the arts, you're usually into all of the arts. So you'll go to the art shows as well. Like there's events that don't 
discriminate against like genre so it'll be a, like a festival but it'll be everyone across the map so it doesn't winnipeg isn't like an exclusive kind of club where you got to get in somewhere it's just like a big kind of welcoming everyone everyone can be a part of it that sounds great yeah oh it is yeah it's awesome so with your artistic skills your abilities do you who does the artwork for your albums like i love the look and the branding that you did for winnipeg california was that you or did you hire that out um well the steph and i actually do all of our art stuff together and with the pandemic we've had to do even more of that so all of the videos that you see for this record we filmed on an iphone with a gimbal we filmed each other so you might notice we're never in the same shot together because we're filming each other so uh we do all of that kind of stuff um for the cover of Winnipeg, California, we shot that on, I think, an iPhone in Steph's kitchen. The outtakes are hilarious, but we did have help from the label and kind of assembling everything. We had a great uh, graphic designer who helped us make sure that the packaging was just like flawless. So we kind of came up with the concept and worked with Marlena, her name is a designer, to kind of piece together all of the parts for the record. But yeah, in terms of the artistic stuff, it's super important for Steph and I to kind of have a hand in that because the thing about being an artist and a musician is that like this is the part I don't like about it but if you you kind of have to market yourself and your brand and if it doesn't feel authentic or real then you can feel disconnected from things really quick so for us it's always important to kind of choose what we wear choose what our aesthetic is choose our own font choose our own colors because the closer we can keep that to ourselves the more connected we'll feel to our work and to the stuff that we're making that makes sense. And then as fans, when you connect with it, you know you're connecting with the artist and not, you know, some outsider's creation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think I, I did ask you this, not in the interview, but you haven't been to Iceland yet. No, I haven't been yet. My, I have a twin sister. She's been, Steph's been a couple times. But yeah, no, I have not. I've been all over the place with music, but I have not been to Iceland yet, waiting for music to take us there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that will come back with COVID, you know, ending or dwindling anyway. I'm oh, sure of it. Yes, it has to. Yeah. With, without having spent much time in Winnipeg myself, so as an outsider, I see a lot of similarities, it seems, between Winnipeg and, like, the city of Reykjavik with the way they promote the arts and music and it just seems they both have a very vibrant scene in that way oh that's awesome and so i don't know if i would make it for airwaves to see you but i really hope you go or they have so many music festivals i'm sure you guys could oh, play yeah. multiple yes oh, yeah we'd love that and um okay so i didn't know when to throw this little bit in here but i like to do it whenever we have a guest Okay. to and that is with Icelandic roots it's a good chunk of what we do is we maintain this incredible genealogy database mm -hmm. yeah so I mean it differs from like the Icelandic Islandingabok in that we really worked hard to trace all the people that immigrated mm -hmm. and then connect living people in North America to those trees because sadly, if you're not an Icelandic citizen, you don't get to be in these Lindingabok or access it. Okay. And so what are the fun things that 
What we like to do is we have this thing called a relationship calculator. Cool. You can plug in any two people and see if you have a common ancestor. Awesome. And as I'm sure you know, but with Icelanders, <laughs> there's always a connection. And when you go to Iceland, you know, if it's not within like three generations, they don't really highlight it as being, okay, we're related. It's like, okay, we have ancestors, but everyone has ancestors. Yeah. Well, they got to keep their birth rates up. So they probably don't want to. <laughs> exactly. And then over here, it's like for the opposite. We're like, we have relatives in the 1600s. We're cousins. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> but so I had to look up you and I, and yeah. we are sixth and seventh cousins through different ancestors on our mother's oh. family trees so that's, that's not cool. too far back but it's, yeah yeah so do you have it in front of me like where is that where is that connection because I actually before we chatted I spoke with my huh. aunt she's got our family tree and she told me she's like go look at Icelandic roots I plugged in some of our stuff there so she's uh yeah she was was telling me all about it but so I know a little bit I know that it was my great great grandparents that came in around 1880 or something like that yeah so that's who we're related who we're when we're done the interview I can or even after I let you go I will look it up again because I went to do it right before this and I yeah. couldn't log in I have to change a password or something it's like oh yeah. shucks but I'm just curious now that's so cool <laughs> yeah I can send you a screenshot of like our connection so you can yeah. compare that to your tree and be like oh yeah this person yeah you're in school right now what are you studying yeah so I'm studying education I'm doing my after degree so it's a two-year program I'm in my second year and yeah the school's on strike right now as we were mentioning so it's kind of a little bit up in the air for a little bit but yeah so my I'm interested in project-based learning and interdisciplinary learning so that's where I'm doing my practicum placement I'm learning about like how to teach science social studies ELA technology all kind of integrated um, yeah, so I've got, I'm supposed to graduate in May, so we'll see. And then I'd like to, like, sub sub and keep working at the paper and just kind of have, yeah, awesome. a bunch of things that I continue to do in balance. <laughs> what is, you said you're working on some new music. When do you think that will be ready for listeners? Or what else do you have planned for you or your band? Um, so we are going to be releasing stuff, hopefully, um, at the end of March is when we're hoping to put out our first single, but we'll see what happens and then, um, release more singles along the way. And we're actually doing some fun shows in Winnipeg. We're doing November 26th and December 29th at the Winnipeg Zoo, like where there's animals. They're having like a light thing. So we're playing at the zoo, which will be lots of fun. And then, yeah, just a few shows. Uh, Steph and I are working on a really interesting project with the Winnipeg Arts Council. So we're partnered with Green Action Center, um, which is an organization that uh, works to like promote greener living and um, things like rideshare, cycling, composting. So we're writing an environmental song about taking action to make change. So we've got that on the go. And um, yeah, always just lots of stuff on the go. We're, all, we're always keeping busy. Yeah. You guys are creatives, and I think that kind of goes with the territory. It does, yeah. <laughs> okay, that is awesome. I can't wait to hear new stuff and see what you go on to do next. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much for sitting with me and doing this interview. 
Thanks for having me. This episode was created and produced by Natalie Gutormson and Will Beaton. Thank you always to Lindy Voppenfjord for allowing us to play his song, Give Some Love, during our introduction. And thank you to Jody Dunlop for taking the time to talk with us. This interview was recorded before Christmas time, and Jody and her band Mise en Scene currently have some new singles out. You can listen to their new music and find out about upcoming shows on their website, miseenscenband.com. The link is in our show notes. You can also follow them on Instagram at miseenscenband. You can learn more about Icelandic culture and heritage on our website, www.icelandicroots.com, by signing up for our newsletter and by following Icelandic Roots on social media. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. We're currently available for listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon and Audible, and on the Podbean app. Our featured song for this episode is from Mison Scene's previous album, Winnipeg, California. This song is called Dollar Dreams. Thanks for listening.